Welcome to the American College of Mohs Surgery podcast series, Conversations in Mohs Surgery, where Dr. Thomas Kanakstat, academic dermatologist and Mohs surgeon in Cleveland, takes a closer look at articles published in the dermatology literature by speaking with the authors and researchers involved. The podcast is an extension of the college's online bibliography, a searchable high-yield article reference library aligned with the Micrographic Surgery and Dermatologic Oncology Fellowship Curriculum, accessible to ACMS members at www.mosecollege.org slash bibliography. Listeners can suggest articles for inclusion in the bibliography or guests for this podcast by sending an email to info at mosecollege.org. That's info at mohscollege.org. Thank you for listening. Hello, this is Dr. Thomas Knackstead once again for Conversations in Mohs Surgery. Today, I'm going to be speaking with Dr. Samira Asi, who is the Director of Mohs Surgery and Dermatologic Surgery and a Clinical Professor in Dermatology and Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery at Stanford. Samira, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. It's a pleasure to be here. So we're approaching today's conversation slightly different from uh, episodes past where we've either just focused on a, a topic within the leadership realm or focused on a specific publication to uh, discuss a topic that's certainly near and dear to, to all of our hearts, which is the um, board certification exam. And so obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you know that we're specifically talking about the micrographic dermatologic surgery subspecialty board certification. It's a topic that's still got a lot of uh, questions from our uh, members, and so I really appreciate you coming onto the podcast to sort of help give us a rundown of what exactly uh, we should be expecting in October. So I guess we'll, we'll start just from a historical perspective. Um, can you talk a little bit about how the, um, the exam came to be and what the importance of this exam is to ACMS members in particular? Sure, absolutely. Efforts to establish a board certification examination and even just board certification began over 30 years ago. Um, and it's really impossible to credit and thank all the individuals whose work and efforts culminated in this recognition of MSD. Without the, their steadfast and patient promotion of board certification by the leadership and membership of the college, uh, we would not be seeing this day. The ACM members reasoned, vocalized their support during the processes that went into play um, in convincing the American Board of Dermatology and the American Board of Medical Specialties that the time for certification has come. And obviously, we owe a tremendous uh, debt to the leadership of the ABD for their continued belief uh, that the board certification for MDS was a step forward and for all the members of the ACMS that supported this. Um, board certification is considered a standard for recognition of medical training and, and expertise. And I think for all of us that have done a fellowship and practice most surgery, this recognition is critical. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And it's certainly humbling to now be at that time point where this is happening. I, I've not been a member of the Mohs College that long, but it's been five years now. And, uh, you know, you just, it, it's exciting to, to see this um, move forward now. Um, I, I think it's, as you've pointed out, a, 
uh, valuable recognition of the training and knowledge that we possess as a subspecialty. Um, if we look at the details, Samira, who is it that is ultimately able to uh, and eligible to take this examination? Well, in short, every member of the American College of Mohs Surgery should take the examination. Patients view board certification as a, as a recognition of medical training expertise. Um, all of us that have our, our members of the American College of Mohs Surgery have dedicated at least 12 months of our lives to specialized tra training in Mohs surgery and achieved a level of expertise that our patients will wanna know about. And this also standardizes, any, any sort of certification exam standardizes the, the knowledge base and skills. And so um, everyone who has completed an ACGME fellowship in um, micrographic dermatologic surgery is eligible to sit for the examination. And also colleagues who have not done a fellowship but who actively practice most surgery have an opportunity to take the exam. Although in the long run, fellowship training will be the standard. Currently there is a practice pathway for about five years for anyone who's not taken, who's not completed an ACGME accredited fellowship to be able to sit for the exam until 2025. I see. So uh, in essence, uh, there will be sort of two pathways. The one that goes through the fact that you've done an ACGME accredited fellowship. And if you did not do that because it was not available, for example, at that time, then there is sort of a, a pathway um, through 2025 that's simply based on being in the practice of most surgery. But that option will go away with time. That's correct. And that is just to attest that you are actively have been actively practicing micrographic surgery as part of your patient care activities. Um, there's no log, surgical log or anything like that that's required. Are there more formal restrictions within that initial group of who can take it that are more formal than simply saying you have an ACGME accredited fellowship? Yes. Um, the two sites that I think our members or anyone listening to this podcast might find helpful is the website on uh, American Board of Dermatology, the link to the MDS subspecialty certification, um, uh, frequently asked questions, uh, and that's updated um, constantly. So I think that's a helpful link, as well as uh, on our own ACMS website, there are frequently asked question, a link to that as well. As far as um, specifically what you are alluding to, there is definitely that longer answer of who can specifically sit for the exam. So candidates who want to sit for the exam must possess a current valid license to practice medicine or osteopathy in at least one state or province within the United States or Canada. They have to have primary certification in general dermatology from the American Board of Dermatology and be up to date in their maintenance of certification, the MOC, um, if certification by ABD is time limited and demonstrate that experience in the subspecialty as we talked about by either completing the fellowship or in that initial five-year practice pathway. Um, there, are, there are some members who are not part of the American Board of Dermatology. For instance, we have some members that are in other specialties such as plastic surgery or head and neck surgery. And the American Board of Dermatology and the ABMS and their boards have worked to allow for some of those members to also sit for the examination. But from 
the link on the ABD, it does state that those members will need to take examinations in dermatology as well. Okay. Yeah, I think that's helpful. And while that's a lot of details, I would imagine the most relevant for our audience is, is probably just having to be up to date in your, your mock, um, which is the one thing that is a little bit more time intensive if, if people are uh, in need of catch up on their maintenance of certification. There's just one thing that I, if I could say to the side, this was new, this was not placed originally in the ABD link, but they did say that um, diplomats from those ABMS uh, member boards that are not certified by ABD in general dermatology, they will be required to pass an ad additional exam in clinical dermatology and dermatopathology in addition to the MDS certifying exam. And so that's that's the new detail that has been listed since the last time I looked at this website, and that's why I was making that comment about um, our, our uh, about a I mean, dozen or so uh, diplomats um, that are really under American Board of Plastic Surgery or American Board of Otolaryngology, head and neck surgery, who've completed a fellowship and um, MDSCO. Okay, thank you for that clarification. I imagine. Um, if I'm in any way representative, then the, the majority of the anxiety comes from not really having a good sense of what this exam is, is going to be like. And that, of course, is only natural since it's never been administered before. You've been involved um, along the way. So can you speak a little bit to what members can expect and, and what this exam is going to be like, um, especially putting it into the context of recertification exams we may have taken in the past, our initial board examination in dermatology we've taken. Uh, wh where does this fit in terms of how much anxiety I should have at night? Yeah, I think any of us um, that have to take an exam, no matter what age we are and where we are in our professional lives, taking an exam is anxiety provoking, as it probably should be. Um, but I think um, the American College of Most Surgery has really made it a priority to get our num members prepared for this examination. So first of all, this exam, and I, I should also say that I think and uh, some of the anxiety can definitely come from the fact that we none of us have taken this exam or know any any other individual who's taken the exam previously. A lot of times when we when we've moved and navigated through our professional careers, we have seniors who can guide us or tell us or some idea what the exam is like. And this is obviously the first time it's being um, given. And so that, of course, creates another level of anxiety. Having said that, the exam is a certification exam and not a recertifying exam. That means that it's a little bit different. It is really focusing on a mastery of content and practical application. I think one thing that we want to keep in mind is that it is testing what we do every single day, which is take care of patients with the skill sets and experience that we've learned from our fellowship and training. So the recertifying exams tend to focus more on recent contact, a recent contact, excuse me, with a heavy focus on practical application. Um, this is going to this is going to have some aspects of things and facts that we don't aren't aware of every day as we practice, but we should be aware of as well. And so um, the American College of Mohs Surgery has tried a variety of modalities that we can talk a little bit more about in detail in preparing the members for this examination. Wonderful. And as it relates to the actual practical task of taking the test, 
Uh, is this going to be administered at restricted sites? Will it be at um, a more broadly accessible group of testing centers? Do we have any sense of how many questions and the, the format of those questions, Samira? Yeah, absolutely. So the exam will be um, given at Pearson VUE testing centers. This is not an exam that you can take at home on your computer or in your office. And there are many sites across this country. And there is a link at the ABD page on Pearson VUE websites that you can look at and sign up for. As far as the exam itself, we know that it'll be an exam with 200 questions, um, multiple choice questions. Um, many of the questions will be sort of identifying one correct answers or multiple correct answers. There will be some images. There, might, there will also be some photomicrographs of histo histologic images that are, will be present on the exam as well. Okay, that, that I think is really what's uh, what helps so much to know how to prep for it because it's a, a unique exam in, in the scope of what we do. Um, you know, having helped to write some of the um, uh, board review material, you're sort of testing everything from anatomy to uh, specific reconstructive flaps to pathology. And so uh, there's a lot of variety in how those sort of questions are are best asked, but it seems like the scope of the questions is, is exactly what we expect it to be and thus very relevant to what we do. Absolutely. I think one thing we can't forget is that everything that we do is also, as a, as a most surgeon, is based on many of the foundational knowledge that we learned in residency. So we learned a lot of these um, surgical concepts, perioperative concepts that are the basis of for for our resident um, when we were in residency when we took the board examination um, um, by the ABD to become board certified dermatologist and then um, probably more, obviously more detail as into most surgery oncology and the ABD has provided on their link. A study guide that is fairly comprehensive. It, obviously, there are some broad principles, but I think for all of us that are trying to study for an exam where we have some anxiety, having some sort of guide or a, a sort of a, a, an idea of what the different subject matters are is a great way to sort of have a checklist in our mind to also think about where we might have some weaknesses, where there might be some facts that we don't use every day, but might be tested. And so I think um, that study guide has been a nice resource um, for all of us that are helping to prepare the membership for the exam and for individuals to look on there and sort of look at that as a checklist for themselves as they decide what should I really focus on? What are my weak points as I go into the examination? Excellent. And, and I certainly want to spend some time talking about recommendations that you may have for how we best prepare. Uh, before we get there, do we have a formal date as the earliest time that we can take this exam? Will it be a once a year opportunity or what will the schedule going forward be? Yes, absolutely. So the currently the first administration of the uh, MDS exam is scheduled for October 4th, 2021. This will be an annual examination. And if you do not do well, you can take it again. Okay, that, I think that's always comforting too. Uh, to me, anyway, I won't speak for our membership as a whole when it comes to failing exams, but it's a nice thing to know. I, I guess the most important thing is really 
Um, what have you, what has the ACMS done? What resources are out there for us to prepare for this exam over the next nine months? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, the uh, preparation for this examination and, and to get our members to feel as confident as they possibly can can and be as knowledgeable as they can walking into this examination has been an absolute priority of multiple presidents, um, recent and past presidents administrative focus. And so there are sort of, there's a multimodality sort of resources that are available to members. And I think part of that speaks also to how all of us as individuals prepare or study in different ways. There are some things that we can, use and and help us and speak to us better and that may be things such as quizzing ourselves so one of the biggest efforts that i've been involved with as well as you thomas who've helped write the questions is the question of the week that is um, offered by the um, american college of Mohs surgery so anyone who's a member gets a link that is sent to them weekly for a question of the week and the purpose um, as we created this question of the week was not only to test that one question uh, or that one factoid or one piece of knowledge, but when you answer that question, you get a discussion um, about that answer and all the other answers that might, might be incorrect. So our goal was to really use that question to teach uh, critical points about a particular topic, a particular fact. This question of the week is available at all times for all of our members once the you have about a week to take the examination and then that question is actually available as are all the other questions of the week on the ACMS website. So if you miss it, if you want to go back and see if you maybe if you answered a question incorrectly and how well you retained that knowledge, you can go back and and look at those questions again. And certainly to our listeners who have not yet checked out the question of the week, um, they really are very thoroughly crafted questions. Um, more often than not, I find it most helpful to get the answer wrong because it motivates me to sort of explore all the five potential answer choices and get the most benefit from that question. So there were many members involved in writing those questions. So I think they are quite representative of the types of topic we expect the actual examination to cover. Um, on a different note, and we all have sort of different ways of, of studying. Some of us are more solo studiers, others are more interactive. Um, what, what's been going on with these trivia study sessions? Yeah, I was going to mention that as well. Thank you for bringing that up, Thomas. So I think, you know, one of the things about active learning or active comprehension is, I think, really taking those exams. And just like the question of the week, the other effort from the college has been uh, led by um, Ian Marr and Ashley Wysong, who've done, for at least for now, two remote trivia nights in preparation um, for this examination. And I think, you know, again, I think there's something about getting our mindset into taking a, a test and answering questions. And just as you 
uh, very rightly said a few minutes ago, there's something that sticks better when you get an answer wrong. And it, it sort of reinforces it more than just passively reading an article, a journal, or a textbook. So, so far, there have been two trivia nights with wonderful um, questions uh, th uh, that test knowledge. And they are also available on the ACMS um, website for any of the folks that have missed it. And I believe the ACMS is going to prepare additional trivia nights as well. And certainly here, a, a big shout out to all of the ACMS staff who've been uh, helping with all this volume of material and getting it to the right people and to the right parts of the website. So um, a, a thank you for that. As it currently stands, we are looking at a sort of hybrid virtual and in-person meeting. Is there going to be an emphasis or uh, a portion of the annual meeting that will focus on board review? Yes, absolutely. I, I want to also just uh, acknowledge what you said um, at the beginning of this question. Um, I think any effort like this takes a village and at the from the uh, folks at the administrative staff on the American College of Mohs Surgery, who really, I mean, will spend hours and it's a lot of times we as physicians who are who are part of this task force creating this content, whether it is the trivia night or whether it is the question of the week or the other things that I'll talk about. We do this on our weekends and evenings or whenever we have free time. And the staff, particularly Mary Reardon and Vanessa Goodman, who deserves so much credit, are available to us night and day, responding to emails and helping um, create uh, so much of the content and helping us uh, deliver that. I, I almost think they can be honorary Mohs surgeons, in my opinion. And then, of course, um, as you have been a, such a huge part of the task force. This task force um, that was created by the American College of Mohs Surgery that I'm, I was so honored to lead, you know, started with about five to 10 individuals um, that I felt like were young members who really wanted to contribute to uh, something to improve all of our, all of us in, in our practice, became uh, a group of over 20 individuals who, who just volunteered and said, I wanna be a part of this. And uh, none of these individuals, in fact, are, are people who have written exams for the ABD that that would have been a conflict of interest so you are talking about people who really are going out of their comfort zone but making such an effort to write these examinations and then are going to be a part of what you just mentioned which is uh, the American College of Most Surgeries annual meeting the preparation for the exam is also going to be a big part of it if you look at the program we'll have nine hours of the meeting dedicated to board preparation and whether this is going to be an in-person meeting, a hybrid meeting, um, or, or just a, a virtual meeting, the nice thing is that we are prepared to provide those sessions and to have a, sort of a, a question answer type of session uh, for hours at the meeting, regardless of how it's how the meeting will play out. Well, it sounds like the ACMS has really done a wonderful job trying to make the type of content or the type of review material as varied as possible. And a lot of that is, is to your credit as well, Samira, to uh, approach people based on how they best want to learn this sort of material. And I know for myself, I'll be eager to sit in the audience and listen to hopefully in person, the, um, the, the formal board review at the annual meeting. 
so Samaya, are there any other uh, ways of preparing for this exam or other resources that the ACMS has that we should touch on? Yes, uh, I think um, speaking to the fact that all of us study in different ways, uh, that ACMS has also dedicated some time uh, with refresher courses that were um, anticipated and are uh, coming up closer to the date of the exam. We are anticipating probably between August and September uh, 2021. And I think that, you know, is something where when you have an exam that seems that it's in the distant future, many of us will take care of those things that are in front of us, whether they are our patient care needs, um, our academic or our private um, offices and uh, directing all those um, priorities first. But as we get closer to an exam, I think our level of interest, our motivation level to study and to um, practice becomes a little bit more um, real and visible to us and in the forefront of our mind. So we will have a refresher course closer to the date of the examination. And finally, for, for all of these things which require a particular time or being part of a particular venue, um, there is one more thing that I've, I've had the pleasure of creating along with um, volunteers in our ACMS, um, which is a study guide. This is about close to a 300 page study guide that is focuses on all the contents that are part of the MDS uh, sort of table of contents includes all the different topics that we'll be tested on. And uh, I think it'll be pretty thorough. And it is something that the American College of Most Surgery is providing free to all of its members to be able to use, have at their hand as they study for the exam. I think a lot of us when we're going into an exam, knowing that if I have this book, if I have this sort of compendium that I know is going to get me uh, ready for a vast majority of the exam, I think that in itself helps relieve some anxiety and then to have it as a resource available to you, um, again, free uh, from the American College of Most Surgery, I think will be another great resource for all of our members. Can you give a couple of details on how uh, the, the study guide will be set up? Yes, right now it's going to be an electronic PDF uh, link uh, to all of our members, um, and it's really dedicated only for the use of our members. We anticipate that it will be available probably by end of January, early February, um, and, uh, and it, it will have about 25 to 27 topics of the MDS that includes an outlined form of facts, uh, tables, figures. Um, even though we're certainly a, um, a, a dedicated ACMS podcast, are there other links or websites that you recommend that our members explore in, in preparation? Yeah, absolutely. Many of us, if not all of us, are members of other uh, important organizations like the AAD, the ASDS. Um, and so those organizations are also doing a variety of activities to help um, people prepare for the MDS examination. Um, as I, we mentioned earlier, much of what we do has the foundation of knowledge uh, and skills that we learned as residents that are critical to practicing dermatology and dermatologic surgery. And so there will be, there are links um, on the AAD website. There's boards, fodder material, which has 
links that are relevant to dermatologic surgery and most surgery. AED uh, also had guidelines for treatment of basal cell uh, cancer, squamous cell carcinoma, malignant melanoma. The AED um, appropriate use criteria um, is an app that people can use and hopefully are using as they practice day to day where many of the questions um, might relate to um, appropriate use for skin cancer treatment. And finally, the NCCN um, is also a, a site a website that's available to physicians at free that they can look at guidelines for treating uh, many of the skin cancers that will be tested upon. Wonderful. Well, I think this uh, will really give myself and, and our members a little bit more peace of mind. I think it's it's wonderful to see how much effort is being put into this by the ACMS and, and by you and by all the support staff to make this as, as smooth as possible for all of the, the members. So certainly, um, thank you for all of that. Uh, Samaya, before we close, are there any other topics related to the exam that you want to highlight? I think the key thing is that for all of us as we're nearing the exam and getting a little bit concerned, it was something in our to-do list, but we maybe didn't pay attention to all the details. I don't want our members to fear much of, if not everything we've talked about today is available on the ACMS website on board certification. The links to many of the things I mentioned are actually hyperlinks within that area. The American Board of Dermatology website is another great um, place to find this information. So um, I would say don't stress. Obviously, use a little bit of that anxiety that we all have to create some motivation to study for this examination. And I think it will be so meaningful to us, to our colleagues that refer patients to us, and to our patients, which are our biggest priority to be able to say that we are board-certified Mohs surgeons. Samira, so uh, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. I uh, want to thank our listeners for their attention. If you find this podcast helpful, please subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. To all of our listeners, of course, please share this podcast with your colleagues and trainees, in this case, especially those eligible for the examination. Let us know how we're doing and who you'd like to have on the show by contacting info at mostcollege.org. Thank you, and I hope you'll join me next time on Conversations in Mohs Surgery.